in this episode, we're going to address the age-old question, should I buy a house or an apartment? Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy a workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Today we're talking about the pros and cons of buying an apartment instead of a house for your first home. Now, there are a lot of misconceptions about apartments, strata property, body corporate, you know, these community title schemes in general. And we want to clear a lot of these up for you so that you can make better decisions. But before we get into that, uh, for those of you who watch, you'll know what I'm talking about here. And when I say watch on YouTube, Megan has a lovely home behind her in the background and it absolutely, I don't know, you know, it's weird. I'll give you that. I don't hate it <laughs> as much as- Only single story. Let's, let's give them a hint. It's only a single story. It looks like it's carved out of a cave. It does um, look a bit rocky, doesn't it? I, out of all the properties, out all the properties that you have behind you, this is one that I actually don't hate. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about it. <laughs> well, this one, as as I am finding many of these unique and crazy houses are located in California again. So <laughs> they seem to be, yeah, <laughs> seems to be where people have a lot of money and they don't want to stick to the rules. They really want to be creative. And this one is the Flintstone house. So it, it has, actually has been designed and built in uh, Malibu in California. And internally, if you Google it, you know, it's a hoot. It is a replica of Fred Flintstone's house from the Flintstones. And if you remember, that remember that cartoon I loved it as a kid watched it all the time uh yeah Barney Rubble and Fred and Wilma and Betty Bam Bam like anyway Pebbles and Bam Bam Pebbles (laughs) and Bam Bam yeah and I think there was a dinosaur pet I can't remember his name anyway that's the Flintstones house and uh hope you hope you enjoy finding a little little bit more about it It's pretty impressive. It does look like a rock fell on a house, actually. A <laughs> big flat stone fell on a house, but no. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's if you're going to buy a house. That could be one of your options. If you're going to buy apartments, <laughs> maybe not quite an option that you'd be looking at. at There's creativity, but I have found one for a future episode that is a crazy looking set of apartments. I can't Ooh, wait to show you that one. Well, stay tuned. 
One of the first questions that we get after the where should I buy question is, well, should I buy a house or an apartment? And certainly when you've got rising property prices Mm -hmm. and increasing unaffordability or is it decreasing affordability, (laughs) they're both true, Um, you know, first home buyers are faced with this real challenge of, well, do I save for longer and watch prices get out of my reach, maybe never buy anything, or do I get in now? Do I buy an apartment? Do I do the stepping stone? And if you Mm -hmm. want to learn about stepping stone, we do have the stepping stone strategy tutorial that you can uh, download. But anyway, that's another another thing. So let's, let's talk about, I guess, you know, really there are pros and cons, both houses and uh, apartments. So, and Veronica, this this is part of a bigger question. So, hmm. I just want to I want to put I want to give some context around this question because it isn't a question that you can answer in isolation, and it it actually is part of the where should I buy question. Hmm. It is one of the components of the where should I buy question. You know, we talk about. Um, the compromises that you need to make. And and when you're working out where you should buy, there's sort of three components to that. There's the position, there's the property, and there's the price. And those three things, you know, when you put them all together, that's your your, your recipe, your mix, if you like, of what you should be looking at. And the house versus apartment question, that's a really big one that is part of the where should I buy? Because there's pros and cons, as you say, to each of these things, but just making a decision on whether it's a house or an apartment in isolation without thinking about, well, where could the house be or where could the apartment be or what do I need out of a property or how much budget do I have and is that fixed or limited? You know, it's it's part of the bigger question, but I guess what we're trying to do here is arm people with a lot more information that's independent of some of those scary things like, oh, don't buy an apartment because you'll have to pay strata levies and, you know, mm. they're so expensive. We, we really want people to have, you know, step back and, and have some really reliable independent information to then say, well, maybe it's an apartment in this place or it's a house in that place, you know, which is part of the where to buy, you know, answer to the where to buy question. So let's have a look. I, I know that you do, you certainly do in, in Sydney a lot more buying of apartments than we do in Brisbane. We do a lot more on the housing side. So take us through some of the apartment pros. Yeah, and certainly, and the reason, of course, that um, Sydney is more of an apartment market is because as locations become more expensive and look Mm. around the world look at you know as land becomes more expensive as land becomes scarcer as more people live in a smaller area of land then developers are forced to actually come up with ways to house more people on smaller blocks of land and apartments is a really good solution yeah yeah (laughs) so you know you think about all increases closer to the city the bigger the city is absolutely so of Mm. course it makes perfect sense that there is more apartment options or more likelihood that apartment will be an option for you mm-hmm. is probably a better way of saying it in Sydney than say in Brisbane where obviously yeah. land there's still more land around and, and land is a bit less expensive than in Sydney. And certainly regionally, people. you know, there's there's mm. far fewer apartments uh, regionally than there are in the capital cities for that reason. Yeah. So where it's located is really key. So buying an apartment in a regional centre may, may not be so smart, you know, or buying an apartment in Brisbane for that same rationale may not be as smart, whereas buying a property in Sydney may be smart. Certainly buying a property in Melbourne is is still a little bit fraught, to be honest, because they're still suffering a rule over supply mm. uh, issue and the impact on that as a city as a whole. But there are still some of these principles at play. And, and if you bear these in mind when you're looking, if you decide to look for an apartment, then it's going to help you in Melbourne as well. Yeah. So one of the big pros from apartments is that lower price point. And yeah, generally speaking. That lets you get into the market earlier. 
So and when we say lower price point, Veronica, what we, what we mean by that is that if you're looking at a house in the same suburb with similar features, you know, two bed, one bath, say, a house in a small block versus an apartment, the apartment is going to be and should be cheaper in that location. Mm. So it's it's a more, more affordable entry point in a similar location. Or you might even be able to afford an apartment with more bedrooms and in better condition mm. than mm. a house in that location. So you could get a three-bedroom apartment, for example, whereas you might be buying a really small house that you would outgrow the house quicker than you would outgrow the apartment. Sometimes yeah. that's a, a good reason to look at an apartment depending mm. on where on the location. Good point. The other thing with apartments is that there is that potential because it's that sort of stepping, if you are looking at the stepping stone strategy, right, um, then there is potential, depending on your own future income capacity or potential, is the potential to keep that property as an investment when you upgrade. So it might be that the first property you buy, you don't intend to sell. And obviously, you do need to get good advice from an accountant if you're going to, and a mortgage broker in terms of structuring, if you're going to do this. But but that is more of an option than it would be if you were to buy a house first. Do you mean because okay, let's just let's just pull that apart a little bit because there's I think there's some underlying things there, some assumptions there that we need to sort of tease out a little bit. So you're talking about um, not stretching yourself as much for the first one if it's become, going to become an investment property down the track. Well, I mean, so some people, for instance, are, are on the beginning of their career traje- trajectory, try saying that fast, um, and they know or they're single and they know that, you know, they'd like to couple up at one point um, or they know that on their with whatever they're doing for a job, like a doctor's a classic example, right? A doctor starts off in pretty low income compared mm. to what they will ultimately earn. And once they specialise, they know they're going to be earning big bucks, right? So, I mean, this is one extreme, of course. And so therefore, early on, they still want to be in the property market, they still want to buy something, but they do know that they will be able to afford quite a lot better down the track. So they might buy um, an apartment that suits them now with a view to keeping that and holding that as an investment property down the track when they upgrade, rather than having to sell it to upgrade where Mm. most people would. So apartment does give a little bit more flexibility on that score because apartments, I think, from an investment point of view in terms of managing that as a building, as as a property, you've got two extra layers of management or sort of one extra layer of management. You have a property manager and a strata manager looking after your investment for you. And if you've got a busy career and all the rest of it, there's there's real advantages in having that type of investment or type of property as an investment. So it all comes down to, of course, it's got to be, I mean, there's so many caveats right and everything we say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so don't take this as gospel. No. Remember, there's <laughs> certain assumptions and caveats and, 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 and you know, certainly if you're going to use an apartment as a stepping stone strategy you have to be very careful that you're making an investment based decision yes not a personal preference based decision so that's a really different mindset if you're you're choosing your first property as an apartment to be a future investment property and it's funny because we're, we're having this conversation on Zoom and I'm looking at Megan's face going, she's thinking, what is she going to say? Is she, what, where are you going with this, <laughs> we Monica? Have, we, we, just have real, we have really different investment philosophies because of the, the markets we work in. Yeah, where we live. And that's where we, appropriate. Yeah. That is appropriate because in Sydney it's higher density, people have a set budget or certain budgets they can push to. So it's about finding investment grade 
in that location yep. that allows, but you know, the right set of, of features of the property, the right location, the right budget in Brisbane for similar types of money, similar proximity to the city, you're looking at a house. So, you know, my investment philosophy when I'm talking to people is very much about the land content. Mm. So, we're, we're not talking just about it, apartments, you know, I'm going to keep you know, yep. banging on. It is location specific, some of this advice. And that's what's really, really important. This is what we want to drum home to everybody is um, it's part of the bigger question, you know, that yep. it's not just house or apartment because there's pros and cons in different locations to each of those different um, asset types. And this is really top level we're talking here. We're not talking specific to anybody's circumstances. We're really just no. trying to flesh out some of these ideas so that you can think bigger before you actually make your final decision. There's certainly a lot more flexibility with owning a property in the, in the idea that you can lock up and leave. And yeah, so, an yeah. 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 Um, if you move overseas, if you, know, if you have an interstate opportunity or an overseas opportunity, along the sort of lines of what I was just saying there, you know, potential to keep it as investment, it's sort mm. of easier to manage because you've got two sets of eyes on it in terms of your property manager and your strata manager looking after the building. Generally in a secure building yeah. uh, where there's other, other people close by keeping an eye on things. Absolutely. They're also easier to renovate. You know, when I say easier, there are some logistical constraints and also you have an additional layer of um, uh, approval that is required, i.e. the strata have to, uh, the owners corporation have to approve anything that you want to change um, and potentially council as well, but mm. they are more contained. So you've got constraints, but you've also, it's contained as well in terms of what you can Generally do. sort of cosmetic, isn't it, mm. within the floor plate or or the, the existing layout yeah. with maybe some some very minor structural changes. But, but as you say, that may require council certification or a private certification as well as getting the the owners corporation or the body corporate's approval for any of those sorts of things, and and the, the sorts of things we're talking about there is if you're changing the flooring, um, mm. you know, in a house you could choose to have polished floorboards, you might choose to have tiles, you have carpet. Nobody needs to approve that, but in a complex where you've got people above, people below, people beside, noise, uh, the way that noise travels is an important factor to take into consideration, and um, and how you soundproof and the flooring that you mm. use will have a big in- impact on other people. So those sorts of things have to be approved by the other people who live in that complex, which is the owner's corporation or body corporate. Even the logistics of getting materials in and out, <laughs> you know, lifts and stairwells and skip bins and all that sort of stuff. It, it is logistically more difficult, but the actual, like you say, it's more cosmetic. So you can value add in an apartment a lot quicker and easier Mm, and cheaper mm. than with a house because with a house, you know, there's always something extra. Once you pull (laughs) something off, you find something else and suddenly it's like the the wool on the bottom of your jumper and you go, what's that thread? And you start pulling it and the the jumper starts slowly (laughs) unraveling. The first time you do a renovation, it honestly feels like that. (laughs) Yeah. How am I going to stop the unraveling of the... I didn't know that that... It's like the knee bones connected to the thigh bone. It's like that's that's like renovating a house. All right. And look. And can be as expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So the shared costs. I mean, the good thing about apartments is that if the roof leaks, you know, we're talking about in a house, you know, you start unraveling it and you find that the that leak is causing that, that problem leaks, and yep. so on, the, it's all 100% on you. Whereas mm. if the, the the roof leaks in an apartment building or there's something that goes wrong, 
you know, you do am- those costs are amortised amongst all of the owners in that complex. So yeah, according to your allotment or entitlement. So mm. whatever your voting rights are, that's your percentage share that you would have to contribute to the additional costs that weren't otherwise accounted for in the forecast. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we talk about location. I mean, Megan was was really pointing that out, how important that is but when in this whole conversation and it's massively relevant. But, you know, if and this is the thing, you know, you get the opportunity to live closer to the action, generally mm, speaking, absolutely. in an apartment. Yeah, for the same money. <laughs> You know, mm. uh, if you if you look if you're just weighing up location as one of your key drivers in those three decisions, location, you know, property price position. If position is really important, you want to be, you know, you love going to the opera or you you you, know, you really love the nightlife. And you know, for us, it's Fortitude Valley. That, that would be. You're not going to get a house as a first-time buyer around Fortitude Valley, New Farm, Newstead sort of areas. It's it's going to be an apartment, but there's a lot more density there, so you've got a lot mm. more to choose from. So if that's a driver, then you can absolutely afford to be within walking distance to your favourite nightclub or, or pub. But it's not all pros. There's definitely some cons. Um, and I think with apartments, there is more chance that you'll outgrow it quicker mm. um, and you mm-hmm. certainly can't add a story on. No, they've been much harder to to, uh, (laughs) rejig and and create extra rooms if if suddenly you have an exciting addition to the family or you couple up. Um, If you've gone into a one-bedroom apartment because you wanted to be close to the action and you thought you were going to be single for your whole life and one night out you meet the love of your life and and suddenly things turn, you know, one turns into two, turns into three, uh, you can outgrow that apartment very quickly, and even two-bedroom apartments, you can you can outgrow grow pretty quickly. And you can't extend them in the way that you possibly could a house. You know, subject to the ability to extend or add stories or add add rooms or you know, there's structural sort of things. But you know, there there are limitations to how much you can actually improve an apartment. Now, I've heard stories and I've seen it done where, you know, in this older style, if you buy a top floor, you might get the rights to build into the roof, but they are absolutely exception rather than the rule. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, uh, yeah, look, um, and, and maybe if you do love the location, you can buy the apartment next door and turn mm. two two bedrooms into a four bedroom. Yeah, it's not unheard of where people really love the location, but a lot of things have got to fall in your favour to be able to do that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've helped people buy the apartments next door and above and below before. And I have to say they have to pay over the over the mm. odds for those properties because they it's so it, they're in it's in they've got massive amount invested in getting it. And so in a way, it sort of traps you as well. Like it's great if it comes off, but it's it can be yeah, a if bit the one of a next trap. door happens to come up for sale mm-hmm. and that seller's motivated. You, you would you would probably want to uh, go into that purchase anonymously because they know yes. that you're the person that's going to want to buy it the most amount of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, another big con with apartments is that danger of oversupply. And Megan, you were saying that around that uh, Fortitude Valley, Newstead, New Farm area. It's a great mm. area. I love that part mm, of Brisbane. Fabulous like lifestyle. Like you say, West End mm. is another. You know, yep, there's apartment Brisbane, building after apartment building. Kangaroo Point. Yep. Th- these places are easy to buy in because there is so much supply. I'm not I'm not talking about the large family size apartments, you know, that downsizer, family size apartment, three four bedrooms, two, three bathrooms, two, three car accommodation. Those apartments are not oversupplied. But what is oversupplied or um, really not sought after in Brisbane is two-bed, two-bath apartments that are sort of investor stock, cookie cutter. There's heaps of those around. You can buy those really cheap, but you're you're not going to get, if this is a stepping stone, you're not going to get the capital growth 
that you need to actually be able mm. to step into the next property. And as an investment, they're the only properties that aren't increasing in rental value at the moment, whereas we've got a lot of upward pressure on houses. So again, the the, the kind of product or the kind of property that you're looking at, uh, if, if there's too much of it and it's the wrong demographic or the wrong area for the demographic that wants to live there, then um, you know, you've really got to be questioning whether that's the right strategy. Yeah. Strata fees. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, don't buy a strata because I don't want to buy strata fees. You know, they are a negative in the sense that you have less control and you have to pay them every quarter and mm-hmm. they are set by a committee or by, you know, the owner's corporation or whatever. Of which you not. would become part of. So yeah. you would be one of the votes in there, depending on your voting rights. The plus side of that, it is a way to budget expenses. And mm-hmm. so if you buy a home or a house, you have to, as we said earlier, anything goes wrong, it's 100% your, you know, your responsibility. And you do still need to budget for that. You still need to insure the property. Yep. You need to actually pay those maintenance costs. You've got you to have- lock up. You've got 100% of it, whereas, you know, there's there's some money in the sinking fund to deal with those sorts of things when, uh, when you're paying strata fees or levies. And that comes down to your due diligence as well. And we highly recommend you do your first home buyer guide, the course, because, you know, there is money in the sinking fund if the owners that have owned before you have all been responsible and done their thing. And that's yeah. another con of buying apartments. If the owners in the past have not been responsible and looked after the building properly and budgeted accordingly, you as a newcomer could find yourself with special levies paying for things that really you've had no say in. So yeah. that, you yeah. know, it's really, really, really important to do your due diligence. And, you know, when things do need to get fixed and upgraded, it will take longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's if there's damage to a garage door, or someone wants to, um, you know, put it put in some sort of different um, fence access to their courtyard, it has to go through the approval of the owners' corporation or the body corporate. And if there isn't a meeting coming up, um, then a special um, discussion needs to be made, and and this can take a long time. Pet approval. Pet Mm. approval, you can't blanket not approve pets in complexes in most states now. There there is uh, common law outcomes of cases that that prevents that. But um, bylaws can state that pets can only, you know, it has to be a certain size and has to be approved by the body corporate. That can take a really long time. Mm. Uh, So if you do buy an apartment, think, yep, I'll turn it into investment property, have a tenant apply and they've, they've got a dog, it might take weeks to get approval from um, the owner's corporation or the body corporate to actually have, allow that tenant to have that dog. Yeah, so and that, that and along with all the other rules that come with living in a community and, you know, rules can be a good thing because they're, they're designed to protect and, and basically make sure that it's a, a good environment for living in for everyone, you know, yeah. not just for a few, but some people don't like living with rules. So <laughs> one of the funniest ones that I wasn't aware of very early on in my in my career in real estate is that the bylaws can dictate what day you put your washing on the line. Yeah. So certain you know, uh, some complexes do not allow washing on balconies. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have access to the external lines only on certain days. And if you're not home that day, you're working, whatever the case may be, you might wish, you know, you might miss your opportunity to hang your blankets and your sheets out. Um, and none of us want a Chinese laundry inside our apartments because we've missed our washing day. 
<laughs> I mean, some some rules that go, extend to the window coverings. So mm, they basically yeah. say everyone has to have, it's hideous if it's vertical blinds because it's so <laughs> 1990s. There were some bylaws that uh, required that in some buildings at some point in time, weren't there? And they haven't been updated by the sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> you think, yeah, and quite often I will look at a building and I'll look outside and think, see if there's a variety or not, um, <laughs> you know. But so, yeah, so that, that's a bit Whether draconian. you put air conditioning in. Mm. So if it's an older complex and it doesn't have air conditioning, uh, you know, a telltale sign is that others have put air conditioning units on. They might be sitting on their veranda or balcony or attached to the side of the building. If there's none, you might really have to question and have a look in the bylaws and also the minutes mm. from previous annual, uh, annual um, meetings. Uh, if someone has applied and been knocked back and if that's a blanket um, policy of the body corporate, then, you know, in Queensland, if you can't put air conditioning on, it's going to be a very hard one to live in but also a hard one to rent. So I think if we could sort of sum all a lot of that up by saying that that one of the cons is that you need to know what you don't know in order yeah. to do the due diligence because yeah. it's a whole new world out there and it's a really, really, really important to get those things sorted out and understood before you commit. And then finally... Do you know, the- do you know I'll just go back to one of the pros of that. Mm. If you are a person who does like to stick by the rules and you like other people to stick by the rules too... Um, apartments do give you sort of a little bit of an internal policing opportunity as well. So <laughs> yeah, join the body corporate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're unhappy about something, you can pop the bylaws into your neighbor's into your neighbor's letterbox and say, just remember you're not meant to be in the pool after 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Frustrated. And then you can complain Laura, to body Lauren corporate forces. if they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Or the old it's for you. <laughs> yeah. the, the final con is that typically, traditionally, they have had slower capital growth. Now, it's not to say that all apartments will grow at a slower rate than all houses. If you buy mm-hmm. a really crappy house and you could have bought a really location. great apartment in yeah. the same location, then, you know, that that a really great apartment can well grow in value better than the really crappy house. So you Absolutely. need to sort of understand that. But when you look at sort of macro data, a commonly mm. accepted fact, even though there are exceptions to the rule, that typically there is lower cap- lower rates of capital growth with apartments. Yep. But if you choose well and you choose the right property in the right location, then you can still um, take advantage of some of the capital growth if, if the popularity is there in the future for that property. And we'll drum on about scarcity. We always talk about scarcity. So it's all about that, avoiding that oversupply. Future owner-occupier appeal. Remember that, future owner-occupier appeal. <laughs> and Those scarcity. Principles. Let's now, talk con, about houses. Houses, yes. Because, of course, that's what I love to buy. You love houses. <laughs> you love timber houses even I more. like timber <laughs> houses with tin roofs and plenty of character. And, you know, sorry, we you know, digress, but that's my strategy. Um, but certainly, you know, we just bought for... Um, uh, a, a financial advisor who um, recommends a number of in- investors our way, and it is always house on land, good land component. House doesn't need to generate a huge amount of income, but he's a massive believer in in the land content, and that's where you know that's where one of the advantages of having house on land is is you actually own the land upon mm. which the structure sits. Um, it, it's a big one from a capital growth perspective because you can't reproduce land. Now we're talking about you know, locations obviously where you're landlocked, not where there is ability to um, add more subdivisions or greenfield sites. Mm. There, th- that's not necessarily 
the pro of of buying land there. You might be better off looking at a, an apartment closer to a city where there is um, scarcity. But uh, one of the things that I really like about houses is, um, and, and this is a house, how a house can grow with you, is the potential to extend. Um, so you can cosmetically update what's what's there in a house if the bones are good, the layout is good, the, you know the airflow, the the, the um, natural light, and so forth. Uh, you can look at, you know, in, in Queensland, you lift a house up and you build another <laughs> level underneath it and suddenly you've got twice the floor area. And if you do that really well, you can actually add, add value in excess of just the, cap, the capital growth that happens organically. Um, in, in Sydney, I think, you, you know, often they're um, sitting on a um, like a concrete um, slab. So perhaps put a level on top or go out to the rear. So there are ways to extend houses subject to council approval in your local government area um, that can allow the house to actually grow with you. Yeah. And there's more freedom to, mm. you know, within constraints of the, the council, of course. I mean, councils yeah. will always have a development control plans and uh, local environment plans that you've got to abide by. Um but there is more freedom to actually do your own thing with the house, and certainly on the inside of it, you know. Mm. And you know, you can easily change your floors, as Megan was saying before. You paint floor covering, floor window coverings, the whole bit. There, there's a hell of a lot more creativity just in terms of what you do in your garden. You know, there's so. Um, and if you do want to play loud music all the time, you just might have cook, the police knocking on your door. <laughs> cook really smelly fish on your barbecue. <laughs> all that stuff that that you're going to struggle to do in apartments. <laughs> <laughs> if you like eating that, you can have a barbecue on your balcony. There are some bylaws that don't allow um, gas barbecues to be on balconies in, in apartment complexes. So, you know, again, one of those really important things to understand before you enter into a, a body corporate or strata. Don't forget that you've you've still got neighbours, but um, but yeah, you, <laughs> do, you don't want to alienate your neighbours. But yeah, you do have a lot, a hell of a lot more. You don't have those rules governing mm. you in the same way. And look, obviously with a house, there's more flexibility to grow into that house, particularly as Megan was talking before, the potential to extend. Um, you know, you've got more outdoor space. You, you've you've generally got more space, and and that's back to that that caveat. Um, earlier on, it's all about location. It's all about the the options that present themselves and whether an apartment is better than a house. Mm. You know, typically, if you moved a bit further out, you're going to get a bit more space and all those sorts of things. So, um, you know, finding those that, right set of compromises in those three mm. key areas: position, property, price. Yeah. Uh, which one's immovable and which one is movable, and and then um, what are the options? And um, we, we're going to get onto the cons of houses in a moment, obviously, but. One of the things with owning a house is you can choose what you renovate you know, according mm. to how your income's going. So you might buy a house that needs extension, needs renovation, needs you know a new kitchen, needs a new bathroom, but has really good bones. It's, you know, it's reasonably livable as it is, but, but you might be someone who maybe is on commission. So you might get a bonus every month or every quarter or twice a year or once a year and and you can just kind of plan out your improvements according to how your 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 money is flowing in to the property um but you, you've always got to make sure obviously that you have a budget for maintenance so the unexpected things you can plan out renovations and improvements but you you have to have that discretionary budget for maintenance uh, plan out renovations but budget for maintenance that you're not expecting because the hot water system can break down at any time mm. the gutters can clog up the downpipes can you know tree roots can grow into your sewer system you know these are all things that if you have an apartment you don't have to worry about in a lot of cases but with houses you really do 
Yeah, you absolutely do. And uh, remember our, our interview with um, Peter Maisie, the building inspector. I yeah. Can't what episode that is? It's very early on. One of the early the ones. Yeah. Ten maybe. Um, and he said, "Look, basically, a building starts deteriorating the minute the minute it's finished." And so that that is a house. The houses need to be maintained. And um, but you can you don't have to put quarterly amounts of money into the into um, the but into the sinking fund or the capital works fund. You can choose how you want to budget for that as opposed to being dictated to. So mm. what are some of the cons? Episode fourteen, of actually. That one with Peter. Oh, good on you. Episode fourteen. Cons of houses. Look, they're, they're generally, if you're, if you're looking for a house in a similar location to an apartment, so if your position is pretty, you know, rock solid, you really want to be in a certain location, generally they're going to be more expensive. A house on a piece of land is generally going to be more expensive than an apartment. Uh, so that's where moving the position or the location that you're looking in might give you a similar option for a house, you know, in a similar price range to an apartment closer to the city. But I, I think one of the big things, Veronica, and you've touched on this a couple of times, is if anything goes wrong, 100% of it is your problem. Yep. 100% <laughs> of it. Uh, so if, you, if you're replacing a roof and that might be, you know, fourteen to 22,000, depending on the size of the, the roof, how many square metres it is, if you're replacing a roof, then you have got 100% of that as opposed to an apartment where you only pay your percentage or entitlement, lot entitlement um, as a contribution. And generally that's been probably been budgeted in during the um, the accumulation phase mm. of the sinking fund or the capital works fund. So, yeah. you know, that is, a, that is a really big thing to think about with houses is how is your cash flow? How much extra money do you have? How are you going to deal with unexpected maintenance or big ticket items if they come up? Yes, and they do. <laughs> and generally, to you know, the houses are located further away from the CBD and the action for the same sort of money. Mm. Um, so if you're going to buy further out and you're still loving the lifestyle and not thinking about kids in the short term, um, you know, because kids do put a bit of a handbrake on that for a while. Um, they're expensive then little things. They're expensive little buggers. And if you add in babysitters so you can still go out it even makes it even more expensive <laughs> so you know you aren't going to be frequenting the local pubs and wine bars quite the same um once you have kids and yeah. if that's not on the near horizon then you know you've got to realize that you're going to be foregoing that proximity and that sort of ease of having your social life um you know on your doorstep for the same sort of money. So it is really about- like backyard barbecues with your friends and yeah. then you know entertaining you becomes your yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, this is the thing, though, it comes back to that. What's your circumstances? Mm -hmm. What's your requirements? What's right for you? And whereabouts are you living as well? And where do you want to live? So um, these are these are all individual decisions, but it's a fact. Yep. And then the and, last and you, one. And you pointed, pointed out earlier, you know, the neighbours aren't governed by the same rules as strata <laughs> neighbours. So they have to abide by the law, um, but there's no one there to actually help you if they're, you know, mm. stepping outside what, what is reasonable. If the party is rocking on at one, two, three o'clock in the morning every weekend and during the week, really your only avenue for complaint is to call the police. So so that's where noise complaints sort of have to go to. Um, if they're revving their car in the garage during the day, you know, tinkering away, rebuilding an, an old Mustang in their garage and there's no... There's no um, law that prevents them from doing that during the day. Then, then you know you don't have that 
that next level of kind of overseeing management, strata manager, on-site manager that you might have in an apartment complex. So it, you really <laughs> have to have your negotiating skills really quite refined to deal with neighbours if you've got challenging ones. Yeah, I think that people underestimate, you know, what a problematic neighbour can be, like a hoarder. You know, if you, in, you know, if you if you're in a townhouse complex and the neighbour starts putting, you know, shopping bags full of stuff out in the front porch and the, the pile starts getting higher and higher, well, the strata can step in and deal with yeah, that. Absolutely. Whereas if you're on a street and next door neighbour starts doing that, you got Buckleys of getting anything to happen there. Or if you got a dog. A yappy dog next door. <laughs> that was perfect timing because I was going to talk about dogs. Um, you got it. Yeah, the dog next door starts barking the minute the owner goes out. You know, yeah, they yeah, don't even yeah. know because they're out. They don't know what their dog does when they go out. <laughs> so true. Thanks. Dog. Anyway, <laughs> so there you go. We hope that that's helped just give you that sort of helicopter view of pros and cons, houses versus apartments. It's not a blanket rule, and I no. think that's if anything that we can teach you about anything to do with property there are no blanket rule even our principles are not blanket rules because even mm. then there's this basically an exception, an exception to every to rule <laughs> certainly is in this episode we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers if you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake then head over to our website www.homebuyeracademy.com.au don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff. 